You're listening to the Winning Teams Podcast, presented by Jet Dental, the premier pop-up dental clinic for workplaces nationwide. Now, here's your host, Jordan Smith. Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Winning Teams Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Ted Ligeti. And Ted is one of the best giant slalom racers in the history of skiing. At age 21, he shocked the world by becoming the youngest American male to win an Olympic gold medal in alpine skiing. In 2013, Ted became the first man in 45 years to win three events at the World Championships. And in 2014, he won the first ever Olympic gold medal for the USA in giant slalom. At the 2015 World Championships, Ted became the first skier to win three consecutive World Championship titles in giant slalom, securing his place in ski racing history. Was one of the hardest workers on the World Cup circuit. And that shows today with his company that he runs called Shred. Uh, Shred produces helmets, goggles, sunglasses, protection, and gloves for skiers, snowboarders, and cyclists alike. In the off-season, he enjoys mountain biking, tennis, water skiing, cooking, and competing in anything. So, Ted, we're really <laughs> happy to have you join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about the winning team that you're building and your role on that team at Shred. Yeah, so I just retired as an alpine ski racer after 17 years in the World Cup circuit. Um, and I've had my company shred since 2006. And so I would say for the last, like, I guess, 13 years, we've been around 14 years. I always had like the 30,000 foot view where I was involved in everything and did nothing. And now that I've <laughs> retired from, uh, from ski racing full time, now I'm trying to integrate myself deeper into the team. But um, for me, I think it's all about like, finding the people that fit into the, the culture and know what you want to do and have a lot of the same goals, and, you know, help point them in the right direction, get out of the way and just help them do what they do best. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's simple as that, but that's never how it goes in, in practice, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you obviously bring a really interesting perspective to our podcast. You were uh, a competitive athlete, a world-class Olympian and gold medalist, and so I think today we'll talk a lot about, you know, your experience uh, from being a world-class skier to that transition to being an executive. And, and there was some overlap too, which is, which is interesting. So uh, maybe to start, tell us what's been the hardest thing uh, about transitioning to the business world more full-time now that you've, you've retired. Yeah. I mean, being a professional athlete, like you eat, sleep, bleed your sport and like everything you do is based around trying to get better at your sport. And you always have these really uh, finite and concrete, you know, really concrete goals you're like striving for. Yeah. And you're like the purpose for your day is much more defined and set out than, you know, transitioning to this side. I mean, I'm still like integrating myself into the daily routine of, of my business to tread and just like having those same, goals and same things is obviously a much different part of, of if you obviously have the goals you have all those directions and all that stuff but it just lays itself out differently than when you're used to doing something in a different field for for such a long period of time so there's definitely an adjustment period for sure um and yeah i mean my sport in ski racing you compete as an individual but of course you have a team around you but you're like your goals and your direction is like really derived from the self and in business 
it's a much bigger collaboration with, with a lot of larger group of people. And, uh, so it's just, it's a, it's an interesting little balance and, and shift and, um, definitely something I'm getting used to. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I've got a few follow-up questions to that one. Uh, tell us a little bit about your team when you were an athlete and when you're Olympian, um, and what you learned from that experience that now you utilize as a leader at shred. Yeah. So as a ski racer, you like, you compete, as I said, as an individual, like once you leave the start gate, you're the only one that can, in fact, <laughs> you know, inflict any, like any results on, on the hill. Um, but it's impossible to do that without having an awesome team around for you. Um, from like, I had a technician who worked for head who did all my skis. You know, we were with each other every single day on snow, riding up the lift with each other, always talking about equipment, trying to hone and everything he was like part-time coach full-time technician psychologist whatever just like as as my friend and then you know a group of coaches um that are there like helping with your skiing but also dealing with all the logistics and helping create the right opportunities for you and then a whole group of teammates and that's and those guys like not only just like are there to help push you and you're rooting for them but also competing against them but it's like creates a fun camaraderie and yeah, it's just, it's interesting because it is like a team sport that's done in the field of play very individualistically. So it would, like I said, it'd be impossible for me to do have, have done what I did over all those years without having an awesome team, team or people around me. Yeah, I love that. How has that influenced the decisions you make regarding people on your team at Shred? I mean, a lot of the people there, it's like, the same thing with shred you like have a group of people that like each person knows their role and um has like goals around the business i think one thing that's like i guess a good easy rallying cry for us at shred is like we're really one of the only if not the only company in our space that's not owned by you know luxotica or sopolo or some big you know uh private equity company or something like that, you know, we're like one of the only independent little guys out there fighting. And so that gives us all a purpose. We have a small team, but a, a really driven team. And um, we all really fight for the same goals, which I think is important. I think that's been, you know, same thing when I was a ski racer, we were always as a fighting as a team for the same goals, you know, being on the U S ski team, you're fighting against, you know, the big ski ski countries in Europe that are publicly funded and have much more funding and all that stuff. So, similar like easy way to have like a David versus Goliath like rallying cry so um just trying to instill that same competitiveness and um keeping that drive going and striving for everybody's all of our goals and you know once somebody has the right direction you point them and point them and say go and then get out of the way and help them when they need help and um that's been kind of what it's always been about yeah I love that um tell me do you feel more pressure now in your role at shred or when you were a competitive skier? Oh man, it's so different. And like, I feel like ski racing is one of the toughest mental sports out there because your window of opportunity is so small. You know, you have a minute and a half out there on the course. And if you make one little mistake, you can end up in the fence or crash. And so it's like, it's such like a laser focused piece of it. And obviously in business, the long game you're running, marathon after marathon and um you know like each little stage is a little bit less defined but at the same time you still have that pressure to perform and and all that so i think 
what I learned from ski racing is that like that pressure is a good thing. Like when you feel that pressure that like helps for me, that's always helped me focus more. Um, when I know it's a big time, big, big event or like crunch time, like that was always like what allowed me to like zero in and raise my game. Um, so it's different. It's like, it's not as like, like I said, it's, the pressure is not as like lasered in and focused as maybe sure. as it was during a race day, but um, the same like principles go out, out there. And, you know, that's, I always loved the pressure because you knew it was, uh, you had to earn that pressure for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Follow-up question to that with the pressure. Um, what are some tips or, you know, strategies you, you developed to, like cope with the the pressure or the butterflies. And then secondly, to focus, because as you mentioned, uh, you know, in ski racing, you have a very limited window. And I mean, you've, you've really yeah. got to be focused in a, a little mistake could actually kill you, but <laughs> seriously injure, injure you and definitely derail your, your uh, uh, opportunity to win. So what, what strategies have you developed and, and has that carried over to business? I think like the number one thing is, is like focusing on the process. I always felt like when I competed my best and have done my best in business, like you get to the point where you put a ton of preparation to what you're doing and you just allow yourself to go. And like, you don't have to think about every little body motion, every little thing. So whether in ski racing, yeah, you train for hours upon hours upon hours to do a one minute competition. Um, but that's similar in business. You know, you, put a lot of preparation into the one product or the one thing that you're pushing go on. Um, and when you know, you've like set yourself up well and prepared well, I think that helps alleviate the pressure and allows you to go. Um, but also like focusing on the process, like focusing on like the things that like you can control because a lot of stuff you can't control and you have to kind of let those things go. I always would call it like a, um, like I calculated nonchalance when I was, when I was skiing, you know, I was like calculated in my approach, but I had to be like a little nonchalant when stuff didn't go my way as well. So, um, I think that kind of, it's a little bit harder to have that nonchalance, I guess, when you have like the long-term cycles of business, but at the same time, yeah, you have to be able to control the things you control and let the other stuff do what they can and, um, try to inflict, your will on those the best you can, but realize it's not always, not always going to go your favor as well. Yeah. I love what you said about focusing on the process. Um, I think, you know, maybe a, a side question to that. What's a habit that you're really proud of? I think that kind of helps. <laughs> I always think of habits sort of as your own personal process a little bit. What's a habit that you've kept that you're, you're really proud of? Oh man, habits that I've kept. I mean, I, still love working out. I mean, I think that's such an important piece of just like keeping your body and mind in check and knowing what's going on. And, um, yeah, just like staying, keeping the healthy lifestyle. I mean, I'm good at never pushing the snooze button in the morning. You know, I roll yeah. right out of bed. I mean, those stuff like that. I mean, it's like really simple, simple stuff. I mean, in, when I was traveling as a ski racer, like it was really hard to have like, a very rigid routine because you're in a different hotel room every night and all that stuff. And so you had to be really flexible and having that flexibility is, is really important. I think in life, but also, yeah, like, like I said, I never push the snooze button. I always roll jump out of bed on the first beat of the alarm. So 
I mean, I guess that's one habit that I uh, formed from lots of four o'clock wake up calls, you know, trying to get up to the mountain early. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's a great example. Um, talk to me a little bit about the sacrifice it, it takes to be an Olympic gold medalist. You know, what are some things you, you missed out on? I mean, there's definitely a lot I sacrifice on, but at the same time, I don't really feel like there are sacrifices in a lot of ways because that was what I wanted to do my entire life. I mean, when I, yeah. I, I didn't end up going to college because I made the USC team right out of high school and started having success in the World Cup right away. So, like, you know, my wife and friends all have that college experience. But at the same time, I had the experience of traveling the world as a professional athlete. So I don't feel like I lost out on that on that sacrifice necessarily. And um, I feel lucky. Like, a lot of my best friends growing up were also – ski racers or athletes and so they all understood and had the same goals so I don't feel like I luckily missed out too much in like the social scene like my sport was my social scene so yeah I feel really lucky that like yes I think zoomed out I sacrificed a lot you know having a bunch of years in a row where I was gone for I was only home in Park City for maybe like 60 days a year and um in the last couple of years since I've had a family like traveling away from then has been a tougher sacrifice and I think that's a big part of I mean my body started to break down and pieces like that but also like being away from them was just too hard too big of a sacrifice at this point in my my life so um little things like that but by and large I just feel lucky to have been able to live a live my dream since I was a little kid yeah that's awesome speaking of that when you look back at your career you have a lot of accomplishments a lot of trophies a lot of podiums <laughs> yeah. um is there any one accomplishment that really stands out in your mind as maybe you know the one you're most proud of you know like the wins and podiums and stuff are like kind of like your kids it's always hard to pick a, a fa <laughs> favorite one i guess but uh i mean of course like the two olympic golds they're like they stand out um for sure uh they're really different too which is the first one, I was 21 years old in 2006. I was, you know, unexpected coming out of nowhere and was able to win the gold medal and, you know, achieve a childhood dream. And then when I won the Giant Palm in 2014, I was the big favorite. You know, I'd been winning most of the Giant Palms that year. And what's funny about ski racing is generally the favorites don't win because it's such a small margin of error. You know, the best ski racers in the world lose far more often than they win. So um being able to come through and win under the pressure of the olympics in that one day was was a huge accomplishment um you know when i crossed the finish line there it was like joy but also like a huge relief um lifted yeah. off my shoulders and um so those two definitely stand out i think like winning like the season titles because now won five gs titles and that is like the compilation of a whole season it's just not it's not one day October to March, you have to be good every single weekend. So um, those really stand out as well. I love that. So like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list them all as being my favorite for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's cool. I, I love the different perspective. I mean, yeah. um, I, I love what you said about that relief of being the ex expected to win, you know, and, and coming through. That's really cool. Um, for, for you now, what, what kind of, uh, what's, what's your next milepost or goal with shred? What, what's, what's your team working toward and looking forward to? I mean, near term, it's like in the middle of COVID, it's like, it's, uh, you know, we have all these 
we're in the same boat as a lot of other businesses with supply chain hiccups and this and that. We have the winter season coming up, which our business is about 50% in the U.S., another 50% in, in Europe. And last year, the uh, skiers didn't open in Europe. So just trying to like get through to like push the team forward and get everything going and hopefully have a successful snow season in Europe. I think what you see in mountain bike is all is really inspiring for us in the snow sports side of sports where, you know, it's, there's a lot of pent up demand and um, people are itching to get out there on the slopes and just trying to like, yeah. meet that demand, meet the people where they are. Um, and, you know, we're all, we're a really product driven company. I mean, my impetus for starting it, starting shred back then was I wasn't psyched with what I saw out there on the market as far as, something that was cool, but also fit my needs, the ski racer, which was like having great peripheral vision, um, good lenses under flat light, all these things. Um, and so I've been about, you know, building products that actually like help me as a, as a ski racer, but also that carry through to your, uh, to your average person and not just having whatever the latest gimmick was, but actually stuff that made a difference. Um, and so still trying to keep that mind frame, um, even as I leave, leave the professional side of the sport, it's, uh, it'll be good to have that other point of view now as well. But yeah, the product side has always been really fun for me and, um, the business cycle and just pushing forward there is, you know, we're just, we're be- beating down doors, trying to, trying to get in and, and to grow. And so that's a, it's a fun challenge for sure. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, speaking of competition, so in my personal experience, I've never hired a competitive athlete who wasn't a great employee. Like they, they always tend to be, be really good. Uh, and I imagine that you, you've seen that a lot of your competitive fire has helped you in the business world. What is it about that experience that you think carries over so much? And, and, and what is it about that competitive fire that, that, um, you know, you, you, you look for in, in your current team? Yeah, as an athlete, in order to be good, you have to be intrinsically motivated. You have to have that internal motivation that pushes you, that makes you want to get out of bed early in the morning, go lift weights and push that extra rep and um, just that drive and work ethic. That is something I think is really special in sports. Is sports really teaches you that. And if you make it to a decently high level, you don't make it there solely on talent. Obviously, talent yeah. can take you a long ways, but you have to have that push and that drive. And I always say like hard work is just like the the entry price, you know, like once you get to a high level, everybody's working hard. And so I think that's something that's great with athletes is they have, they built that they can like push through that little bit of pain and they can um, motivate themselves. Whereas, you know, some people who have never really played sports, I think that's uh that can be new to them. I think. Yeah. Interesting. Tell me about some teammates, um, and, and when I say teammate, any individual, family, friend, coach, um, tell me about three teammates who've maybe been influential in, in your life and why. Oh, man, I've had a lot of great teammates. I think, uh, I mean, within the U.S. ski team, on on the team with me was a guy, Jimmy Cochran. Um, he was, like, one of my first roommates in the World Cup. He was, he was actually going to school while we were on the World Cup as an engineer, mm-hmm. so he really, like, opened my mind and, and uh, we really challenge each other intellectually, which is a lot of fun, but also on the slopes we are super competitive with each other. Um, 
So he was like, he was something that pushed me a lot on my first couple of years in the U.S. ski team. Uh, Carlos Lamini, who's the guy I started Shred with, um, he's a materials engineer, also has an MBA from MIT and um, Italian guy. So like we both come to this with very different um, perspectives and experiences. And um, it's been awesome to like work with him and learn what he's learned. And we're always bouncing off ideas off each other. We're both kind of ideas guys. And obviously he's had to be the person that implements more than I have to, but uh, really push each other all these years. Um, I mean, right now in my life, my wife is a, a big teammate with, with the kids and just our, our life in general. And, you know, the first two years of my son's life, he traveled everywhere in the world with us. I think it was wow. 13 countries in the first uh year of his life so you know traveling she was on the world cup with me for a bunch of years before kids and then after and just you know making that whole experience fun for the two of us and also for jack's our, our oldest son um and yeah that's a, a teammate that's for the long haul so it's uh it's fun and so we we keep challenging each other and and helping each other grow and stuff like that so it's uh that's that's a fun one as well that's cool. I'm glad you threw your teammate for life in there. That was a, <laughs> yeah. a good answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll make sure she listens to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, that's awesome. I love that perspective. One thing I got out of that that's really cool. You mentioned how your teammates challenged you, right? They, they yeah. expect more of you and they expect you to be better. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, how has that played into your, your role as a business leader now? Do you, do you feel like you challenge your teammates at work quite a bit? You, you mentioned one, of course, but uh, do you feel like that's something that plays a, a major role at Shred? Yeah, we definitely challenge each other for sure. Um, we were a small, tight-knit team. We were all always bouncing ideas off each other. Um, you know, we're calling each other day and night with ideas or what needs to happen or, you know, just trying to help each other. I mean, that's like, it's, it's not like the traditional hierarchy because we are a small team, you know, we're, you know, funneling ideas off of each other and, you know, everybody has to wear a little bit of multiple hats here and there. And so um, that like camaraderie and pace and the whole thing is, uh, is very similar to something you get on a, on a sports team as well. Yeah. I love that. Um, how have you seen, healthy conflict play a role in your, in your business. We talk a lot about that on this show and, and at my business at Jet Dental, that um, sometimes you have to be able to challenge each other's beliefs, but in order to do that, you kind of have to have, have trust. Um, how have you, have you kind of built healthy conflict in, into your meetings or is that just a natural part of who you guys are? I think all of us are, we all like are passionate about we do the products we make um you know we're into it like we all want to make something that makes ourselves better and you know everybody's a skier snowboarder a mountain biker and we all want to go out there and have more fun on the slopes so we all kind of come at it from the same mindset by and large and we all have ideas I and mean, that's like being a small team is we can collaborate you know whether you're the sales guy you can jump in on the product side or the product side you can have a sales idea and everybody really works collaborative with each other. Like everybody's really cross-functional. And like I said, it's not like, I guess myself and Carlo, you know, I guess we're the leaders, but we're, we're taking input from all sides. And like I said, we just like, we want to, we don't want to be telling everybody what to do. We want to help like 
these people reach their potential and their goals and, yeah. and help them like when they have whatever their directive is like, okay, now you need to tell us what, what we can do to help you. So um, that's what I think is, is great about our team is, is that we have really that like family kind of feel to it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, you've obviously surrounded yourself with people who've helped you be successful on the slopes and off the slopes for yeah. leaders who are starting, you know, brand new teams. What advice do you have in, in finding great people to surround yourself with? Uh, I think like number one is people with different skill sets or perspectives. I think that's really important is having, you know, you can't just live in an echo chamber of your, of your own, <laughs> own making. So, you know, having people with those different perspectives, um, people that are going to challenge you. And like you said, are like straightforward and honest. I think that's always hard and, and really important to somebody that can like tell you how it is. I mean, that's like when I was ski racing, like one of my favorite coaches also is like one of my closest friends, but like, he didn't mince words. Like he would tell me how it was a lot of <laughs> times too. And that's, uh, that's really important to, to have, you know, teammates and partners that, uh, that will tell you uh, how it is. Yeah. I love that. Um, we're, we're about out of time, Ted. I, I want to leave you the final word. What's your top strategy for building a winning team? Uh, collaboration is, is it. I think like having everybody gets equal to see, see the table or at least they like, feel like they have equity and ownership and what's going on and what's happening and the ability to be listened. I think that's uh, is a really important piece. Awesome. How can our listeners uh, learn more about you or about Shred? Um, I think like the easiest way will on Shred is shredoptics.com. Um, that's you know, our website where you can find anything you want to on our products or storage, all that stuff. Um, for me, like social media, on um, whether it's Ted Ligeti on Twitter, or Ted underscore Ligeti on Instagram, like anything like that, that's uh, where you'll see me on a regular basis. It's uh, probably the most current and relevant form of myself. And same with Shred um, on social media as well. Awesome. Well, Ted, we really appreciate you joining and giving your perspective. Um, we're, we're really appreciative of you taking the time and best of luck to you as you continue to build your winning team. Yeah. Thank you. That's fun. Awesome. Thanks, Ted. Thanks.